Hey guys, it's Editor AJ here. Before we get started, if you want to join our Fantasy Primer League, uh, league, go ahead to the show notes down below. We have a link there. Come join us as we compete to see who is the best FPL player. All right, thanks. Hello and welcome to another news and predictions episode of the final third. My name is Jack. I am a Minnesota United fan, Chelsea fan, Atalanta fan, French national team fan, and U.S. men's national team fan. And I am joined here with not AJ. I'm joined here with a familiar voice. I was about to say face, but you can't see our faces on here. But uh, Reed is back on for another episode. So Reed, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, uh, good to see you. Thank you for having me. Uh, good to be back. Uh, my name is Reed, and I am an Arsenal fan, uh, Atlanta United fan, and U.S. men's national team fan, and Italy fan. Right. So uh, if you remember last time Reed was on the show, it was because I was on vacation. He was super hyped because he got to record right after Italy won the Euros, yeah. which was a pretty fantastic feeling, I, I'd imagine. So, uh, th- but this time... He's on because AJ is on vacation. You know, he is just such a big Chicago Fire fan that he had to take a trip down there so he could just hope to see them get destroyed by the New York Red Bulls. So that that's why he's gone, uh, obviously, because he's just a huge Chicago Fire fan. But as always, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Final Third Show. Twitter is way more active. Uh, You can see hot takes and bad takes all kinds of takes as the Premier League season, Bundesliga season, all of the seasons kick off on uh, across the pond in Europe. So uh, read what, what, why don't, what do you say uh, we get started by going to the newsroom to talk about some notable stories from this week? Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So just some real quick stuff, Uh, a note on, a situation AJ and I touched on last week, uh, one week later, and it's still not a penalty referring to Minnesota United versus the Vancouver Whitecaps. I've looked at that footage so many times. It, it's not a penalty at all. No. I don't, I don't know what the MLS ref was doing there. He, he had, he had a howler really. Yeah, That's abysmal. Yeah. And then guys, yeah, it, it, it sucks because the last minute penalty, yeah. But, you know, uh, a story that relates to, to you kind of read as an Italy fan and me as a Chelsea fan, Jorginho got a new haircut, a little a little bit, a little bit of a bleach, really, uh, to kind of mock England fans, it seems, <laughs> which is a bit of a bold move, given how many England players play for Chelsea. But what do you think? Of, what do you think of that hairstyle? Do you yeah. think it's good or is it not yeah. working? No, I think it suits him. You know, I mean, uh, a lot of players have done this in the past. Uh, it's nothing new, but for him, it looks good. It, I, I think so, board. too. Yeah, I, I think so, too. Tiago Silva's, though. Yeah, uh, not we, as good. <laughs> no, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, he looks kind of like a mop. Not, yeah. <laughs> not going to lie. So that, that one isn't as maybe fresh as Jorginho's, but, yeah. you know. Uh, too classy. Exactly. And then also just uh, touching on this because uh, it's it was it was pretty noteworthy and pretty bad, really. Uh, Wesley Fofana from Leicester had a horrific preseason injury against Villarreal. I'm not sure if you've seen the video at all of that, but uh, I think it's, uh, it's Nino, the defender, went in for a slide tackle, scissored him yep. and like snapped his leg. It, yeah, it was really bad. And yeah. 
Ugh, it, it, I, I watched the footage like twice and I was like, yeah, I can't do that again. No, it was really bad tackle. I, I, I don't know why anybody is tackling like that in preseason games. It, I mean, that, that could ruin a player's career. Uh, exactly. I hope he'll be back, you know, stronger. I think the last I saw today, um, he's expected to be back sometime in 2022. I don't know exactly when, but, you know, he's going to miss the first half of the season at least. I can't imagine he'll return at any point during this season, but I don't, I don't know exactly, yeah. um, what the injury is exactly. But hope he comes back stronger. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a really tough injury uh, to see. And I, I'm, I'm kind of worried for him because I think he's a fantastic player. He's also French. So I, mm-hmm. I care about that a lot. Uh, and yeah, he, he's, I think 20 or 21. I, I yeah, think he's, he's really young. young. Yeah. And so uh, all, all I'm saying is it just gives uh, me as a Chelsea fan and hopefully Chelsea players some motivation a little bit to take down the yellow submarine in the super cup. This, uh, yeah. uh, upcoming this week so we'll we'll see about that but those are just some quick stories but let's get on to the i guess meat and potatoes i guess of the of the of the newsroom starting off with a recurring segment that we've been doing transfer hot or not where we go through some big transfer rumors and confirm transfers and say whether they're hot or not which means good or bad if in case in case it wasn't clear but uh let's start off with a big one for me at least, which is Romelu Lukaku to Chelsea. And Reed, I'll, I'll let you take this first as an Arsenal fan because you commented on our Twitter earlier uh, today about uh, some thoughts about that transfer. Yeah, this is obviously a very hot transfer for Chelsea. Um, not, not looking forward to playing Lukaku twice this season <laughs> at all. Um, not, uh, I would say it's not a hot transfer for um, enter, but at the same time, I mean, I guess they need the money. They're, they're, they're just not hot right now at all. <laughs> yep. That's the word. So, that's true. But yeah, great signing for Chelsea. Real. They, I mean, they needed the goal scorer. That was kind of their last piece of the puzzle. Um, you would say, so going to be a very scary team to face this season. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to agree with that because, uh, our top score in the league last season was Jorginho with seven, all from penalty kicks. Penalties, wow. Yeah, so that wow. that that just gives some context to how much we needed a reliable goal scorer. Lukaku is that guy. And also for Inter, you know, they are massively in debt. Like mm-hmm. they, and they they're making a, a profit on Lukaku, which yeah. given that they bought him for like 80 million or something is already yeah. remarkable. So yeah, to make that kind of profit, yeah. Right. They they kind of need it. So I yeah. I think it's I think it's it's a bittersweet one for them because mm-hmm. on the field they're going to suffer a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think it, oh, in the long run for their financial stability, it's probably good. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah. they can come back at some point um, in the future with a more stable, you know, uh, showing. Yeah, uh, I mean, speaking of expensive signings, though, let's go on to the most expensive signing in English history for uh, as, as far as I know right now, mm-hmm. Jack Grealish to Manchester city. We talked about this a little last week, but Reed, what's your opinion on this now that it is official? Yeah. I mean, I've, it's gotta be hot, right? I mean, Grealish phenomenal player, what he does on the ball, what he does off the ball, you know, the, the amount of fouls that he um, accumulates during games. It, this is really hot for city, of course. Um, 
and you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's also relatively hot for Aston Villa. I mean, obviously, to lose a player of that caliber um, is pretty pretty difficult. But they got a hundred million for him, right, right? Which is a an incredible fee. Plus, they've had a lot of really good incomings already this this window. So I I don't think him leaving would be the reason that they wouldn't do well, you know, this season. I think they've set themselves up to be really good. They've added some key players in other areas and they've got, they've gained a hundred million pounds. So that's, I mean, that I think it's honestly hot for both teams. Yeah. I I'm definitely going to agree with you on that. Like a hundred million is a lot, especially for a team like Villa who were struggling in the championship a little bit with financials at times. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is really good for them. And it, like you said, they've rebuilt Leon Bailey coming in, Ashley oh. young, who's mm-hmm. not so young, uh, but uh, just when Dia, right. How could I forget? Uh, like they, they've, of course, I, I know you, you haven't forgotten because nope. <laughs> yeah, they, they Aston Villa uh, kind of beat Arsenal to that signing, but We'll, we'll move we'll move on from that from that uh, and go on to a U.S. men's national team transfer, which is Sam Vines to Royal Antwerp in Belgium, which is a confirmed signing. Uh, happened earlier this week. I can't remember the exact transfer fee for this one, but uh, overall, what what do you think on this move, Colorado Rapids to Belgium? Yeah, this I think this is a great move for Sam Vines. Uh, he's in his early 20s, I think. Right. Um, yep. 21, 22, maybe. Um, so this is a great move for him. Um, getting to play in Europe, getting to get that move. You know, a lot of guys from the U.S. That's what they want to do. They want to make these jumps from uh, the MLS or from um, just the U.S. in general over to Europe, play um, with those guys. So I think after his Gold Cup, where he showed he had a very good showing. Uh, I think this is a great move for him. Um, very hot. And I think Royal Antwerp will, Royal Antwerp will appreciate what he brings to the team. Yeah, I, I agree. He's 22, a very young, uh, a, a young left back. And, you know, he, he was really good. Like you said, in the gold cup, scored a goal against Haiti, the winning goal, uh, and just contributed all over the field, like good defensive tracking back, good runs forward. I think that, uh, you know, this could be kind of a piece that Royal Antwerp, they've been a bit ambitious in recent years uh, to try and get yeah. back up to competing at the very top level of uh, the Belgian pro league. So we'll see if this is what it need, what they need. And of course, for Colorado, I mean, getting some cash for a young player like this, yep. obviously very good for them. And they yeah. can use that to reinvest in their squad and uh, keep creating, you know, good youth talents. Absolutely. Right. And then the big one, I think that everyone is talking about in transfer news, Lionel Messi to PSG. It's a rumor, but I, I, I saw a really weird uh, Twitter post that seems to from the Qatari royal family that seems to huh. semi confirm it and basically just says we've already got him. Contacts are a matter of, are a matter of, of like it, it was weird. Yeah, it, it was it was yeah. really weird, but it, it seemed like they almost confirmed it. And to be honest, I don't know who, where else he would go. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's going to be weird seeing Messi not at Barcelona, but is PSG. Is, is this a, a hot transfer for Lionel Messi? I, I think I have to start out by saying it's kind of the only 
possibility. I think you, you kind of touched on that. I mean, I'm, nobody else could afford the kind of wages that he's on. Right. And I don't think he's at a point in his career where he wants to go to the MLS or back to Argentina. He still wants to play at the top level. Um, the city buying Grealish um, for a hundred million kind of puts them out of contention. I'm PSG is the only option really um, in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, I mean, obviously Messi to any team is going to be hot for that team, I, I think. Um, and they, the, 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 the players that PSG has accumulated in this transfer window for free, absolutely unreal. It is. It truly is. Ramos, Wijnaldum, possible, pretty much confirmed Messi. Uh, right. Like, it, it, it's just incredible. If, yeah. And a bit of a follow-up on that. Do you think that if PSG don't win the Champions League with Messi on it, do you think it's a failure? Yes. I mean, I think it's been a failure for them to have not won the Champions League yet anyways, you know? So, like, the the, the star power that they have in that team, that, that they've been going for a Champions League for years. That's been their goal for years. You know, that's why they're buying. That's why they have Neymar. That's why they have Mbappe. That's why they have Di Maria, you know? Uh, so the fact that they haven't won it already is a failure. So if you just add Messi to that cast, it's, it's still a failure, right? Yeah, of yeah. course. I, I think it's a hot transfer as well. It, it, I, I mean, I don't think anyone is, is going to say like, oh, Messi shouldn't go to uh, this. This wouldn't be good for this team to get Messi. I, I don't think, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any team would refuse him if he's like, yeah, yeah I want to go there. I don't think anyone would be like, nah, we, we don't want you. We're big Ronaldo fans here. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Real Madrid would deny him that that's, yeah. that's, that's about it. That's the only yeah. team I can think of that would have a reason to do so. But yeah, regardless, very, very good transfer. I'll, I'm, I'm going to let you take the reins on this one as well, because it concerns one of your teams, which yeah. is Luis Arajo yeah. to Atlanta from Lille. So why don't you talk about that one? Yeah, so this this transfer is, I would say, semi-hot, if you will. All right, um, all right. It's obviously our, our attack is where we're lacking a lot um, for the most part. But uh, and so adding adding another winger um, ideally is, you know, good. And a winger from Europe, you know, from Lille, they just came off a fantastic season, of course. So, I, you know, from that perspective, uh, very exciting to, to add him to the team. Um, but you also have to consider we don't have a coach, right? Right. So I think since Heinz was fired, we've, we've been, we were linked to like four or five different people um, that we could have signed. And there, there's still this kind of uh, question up in the air. Like, we don't, as, as fans, we don't know where this club is going, right? We don't know if we can trust uh, the front office. We don't know if we can trust Bocanegra, you know? And so ultimately, he's the one that has brought this transfer in, right? And he's failed a lot of times in the past. So, <laughs> Very true. So it's, it's, it's kind of hard to be excited um, just because of uh, past experiences. But, you know, bringing in an attacker is always exciting, right? To bringing in a, a new attacker to your team is always exciting. Uh, but uh, I think you just have to be a little cautiously optimistic about this one. Um, just again, based on what we've seen in the past. Hope it works out. Hope it works out. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think from the outside looking in, it seems on paper, a very hot transfer really, because mm-hmm. he, uh, in 17 starts, he created 24 chances for Lille, which is pretty good. He had four goals, two assists in a title winning campaign. While he wasn't like a guaranteed starter, I think that he was overall a pretty good player a, a good left footed player who can, you know, kind of feed into Joseph Martinez and maybe bring up his yeah. productivity again, because uh, yes, he's been scoring a lot even after Almiron left, but you can tell that there's yeah. a hole still where Almiron uh, once provided all of that service to, uh, to uh, Martinez. So, yeah, you know, absolutely. we'll see if this can fill the void for a little bit. Uh, I, I, I hope for the sake of Atlanta, because I think they're a pretty cool club, honestly, and they're mm-hmm. really good. Thank I you. hope it works out. <laughs> Thank you. That, that's not, that's not just because you're here. I, I think they are, <laughs> they are a very good club and I want to see them do well, just like any MLS club, except yeah, for yeah. a few cough, yeah. cough, Vancouver. Uh, but, uh, let's go on to the, another massive rumor in the premier league, which is. Harry Kane to Manchester City. We've talked about this a few times, so why don't you quick give your analysis of this one? I think we probably agree on it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, as an Arsenal fan, hard to give praise to Spurs <laughs> players, but, I mean, this guy's great. You know, he, he, he's proven it time and time again. Fantastic player, fantastic goal scorer. You can count on him in most games. Um, but uh, City really need a center forward. They don't have one. They lost Aguero. Jesus has been kind of hot, kind of cold. You just never know what you're going to get for him for them. For the most part, uh, Pep was able to play without a striker last season. Um, I don't know if that'll work again. Uh, I think they need a striker um, and Kane would be fantastic. So hot for city, very, very cold for Spurs. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think Spurs might honestly find themselves in a relegation race without him for a season. <laughs> That's over-exaggerating, but, you know, I, I think yeah. they rely on him so much. But, you know, yeah. if they get $150 million, if they fail to replace him with $150 million in the bank, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's a failure, and that's how you know Levy yeah. is, is bad. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, but... They, could, yeah. they would do that. They would. You're right. <laughs> if any club could, could yeah. mess up uh, with $150 million at their disposal, it yeah. would be Spurs. Uh, but, you know... Let, let's go on to a really non-publicized transfer that yeah. nobody knew was yeah. happening. Uh, I, I'm not even sure if, if he himself, the player transferred, <laughs> knew it was happening. Danny Ings from Southampton to Aston Villa. Uh, what's your take on this one? Um, surprise. Shock. <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, came out of nowhere. Uh, I, it just, uh, I think... Uh, Villa, were they the first to confirm it? I like the, I, I, no reporters had even said anything. About I it. no, no reporters had said anything about it. I, I saw a video recently of some reporters for Southampton mm-hmm. who were about to like get on a get on a plane or something, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh my god, Danny Ings is going to Aston Villa!" So yeah, they didn't even know about knew. it. Nobody yeah. did. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, pro- I, it's a good signing for Villa. Danny Ings has proven himself to be a excellent goal scorer, very reliable. Um, he did well last season, not as well as the season before, if I remember right. correctly, yep. but he, um, I mean, he still contributed lots of goals. Uh, this is freezing cold for Southampton though. <laughs> oh my gosh. They oh, are going to get relegated. You know, I mean, if you look at last season, they, they started off pretty well. Um, I guess like the first like, 10 games, maybe they were in like 
first or second. They were in first. Thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And then they, they, the, the drop off was <laughs> so, so significant. I think they were like after those first 10 games, I think they were like the worst team in the league and they finished in like the, the 17th place, maybe like the right above um, relegation. Like, and, and the problem was goal scoring. They, they weren't, they were scoring nothing. And so now to lose your basically only goal scorer, um, I would be worried if I was a Southampton fan going into the season. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. They finished on 43 points in 15th place. Uh, they scored 47 goals. Danny Ings was involved in 16 of those. So about a third of their goals he was involved yeah. in. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It, it's very hot for Aston Villa. Although I, I do worry about Ollie Watkins and his development because, yeah. you know, they, they already had a striker who was very good. But yes, Ollie you know. Watkins is fantastic. Yeah. And I, I, I have to... I wouldn't worry too much. I, I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine Villa dropping Ollie Watkins after right, right. for them for Danny Ings. I think it's going to be more of a backup scenario. I mean, Danny Ings is up there in age, regardless of, if, yeah. of his goal. About to turn right? 30. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's going to be more of a, uh, I think Ollie Watkins won't have to worry too much. Yeah. And I hope I, that's the case for him. I, I wonder great. if it'll be like a four, four, two type of formation. So I, I think, yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting to see Villa next season, mm-hmm. regardless yeah, of what happens. Yeah. Uh, and then we, we've, we've got, we've got a few more transfers to go through. We're going to go through these next two quick. They're us men's national teams, play team players, Chris Richards to Lester. This is a rumor. It would be on a loan because of that injury to Wesley Fofana. Not sure how, how likely this is to happen, but yeah. what do you think about this one? Um, uh, huge for Chris Richards. Uh, that would be amazing to play in the premier league alongside, uh, you know, all those players that, 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 that would be a phenomenal experience for him. Uh, personally, I'd love to see it, even if he doesn't play just to train along those guys. Although I do think he would play, um, especially considering, you know, the Fofana injury. Yeah. Kind of have to play him, but uh, just to, for him to get that kind of exposure would be excellent. And I think he can do it. I, I think, I think that would be a good uh, signing for both parties. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think he, he's a good center back, really good at Hoffenheim last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably isn't going to get playing time at Bayern. Uh, so I, I think it's probably, it would be a good move for both sides. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, you know, another American going to the Premier League, but this time confirmed Josh Sargent going from Werder Bremen to Norwich on, a, I think it's an 11 million euro transfer or about right. 9 million pounds. Yeah. Either way, it's, it's a pretty small fee uh, for the number one striker, at least for now. Mm-hmm. So what, what are your thoughts on this one? Oh, I'm so excited about this transfer. I'm so excited for Josh Sargent to get out of Werder Bremen. <laughs> I'm like, oh, very, very happy for him. And uh, it, it'll be great to watch him in the Premier League, you know. Norwich put a fantastic campaign up last season to get, uh, to get promotion. So uh, it'll be so fun to watch him alongside uh, the likes of, you know, Todd Cantwell, feeding him good balls and stuff like that. That, that could be fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, he'll finally get service, which is something yeah. that he didn't get at Werder Bremen and he still yeah. managed to score like nine, eight or nine goals last season. So, yeah. you know, he, he's an impressive player. He can make things happen by himself. Good link up play. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that this is kind of the transfer he needs to break out into 
and and to cement his place as the U.S. men's national team number one striker because yeah, there's a lot of players emerging. Yeah, there's a lot of players emerging that can take that spot. Mm-hmm. So I think he, this is an opportunity he will relish for sure. Yeah, hope and so. yeah, and then finally another one that concerns one of your teams and also my team as well, Tammy Abraham from Chelsea to Arsenal. Uh, it, the rumored fee would be about forty million. For uh, for Abraham, who scored, I believe, uh, nine goals last season, 15 in all competitions. He scored yeah. 15 in the Premier League the season before. Arsenal do need a striker. Mm-hmm. What's what do you think Abraham's the right choice? Uh, I, I don't know about the right choice, uh, but that's that's not on Abraham. He's a good player. Honestly, I mean, I don't like him because he plays for Chelsea, <laughs> but but he's good, you know. So uh, if we did get him, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, but I, I think there's other strikers out there that could work also. It, he's, he, he would, he would fill, fill the role, you know? Um, but I don't know if he would take it to the next level. Right. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if we can, if we can really get someone like that right now. So if he were to come in, I think, uh, he would be, a, he would be a good addition. Although I did see, I think, uh, Atalanta is also interested in him. Yeah, so that that will be interesting. Uh, Arsenal are are looking at him. West Ham apparently are looking at him as well. Okay. Uh, so a- AJ might be interested in that, or yeah. Atalanta. Are, are <laughs> personally, I want him to go to Atalanta because I love watching Makes Atalanta. Yeah. And also, I would kill me to see him at Arsenal. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. <laughs> yes, it would be it would, an Arsenal fan. I think maybe I, I be because he was a Chelsea like he was a, a Chelsea academy player. Uh-huh. So. I, I don't know. It would just kill me to see yeah. it, to see him in an Arsenal shirt. I, I, yeah, I understand, but it, you know, he, 40 million would be great. His wages yeah. are pretty high. And yeah. if he doesn't leave this summer, he's going to leave on a free mm-hmm. probably as well. So yeah, yeah, I, 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 I would like to see him go because I don't think he's going to start on, unfortunately for us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a pretty good transfer. Like you said, mm-hmm. maybe not the next level, but you know, a Premier League goal scorer who, yeah. Kid who hits 24 goals in the past two campaigns, not yeah. too shabby. No, nothing to sneer at. Yeah. So those are the transfers that were that we've gone over. Let's quickly talk about some drama with a team that we both dislike, you know, <laughs> a little bit, uh, which is some Harry Kane drama. And the situation with this is Harry Kane did not show up for training on the day he was apparently supposed to. And the media had an absolute field day with this where they were like, Oh, he, he's clearly planning for a new move. He's trying to push an exit from, from Spurs. He came out two days later and said, actually, I'm just enjoying my vacation. I don't know what, what you're, you're all talking about. This was always agreed upon. And, yeah. you know, I, and uh, he, I, I think in, in it, he was, he pointed out how upset he was, with people questioning his professional, uh, his professionalism and all of that. And I, th- I think it's just a crazy situation really. And I mean, do you think this indicates like an, uh, that he's pushing for an exit or do you think that th- this is like try him trying to kind of get back at the club or. Uh, I mean, I think, I think you have to believe that he doesn't want to be there anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no way he, 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 he's carrying this team. He's been carrying this team on his back and they haven't won anything. He's what? 28. And he has 28. Yeah. Like that's got to hurt given mm-hmm. how good he is, you know? So, um, 
I, I, I do think he wants out and I think he's going to try as hard as he can to get out. But I think it, it also is, he does care about the club. He cares about the fans. He's going to try to do everything as, as painlessly as possible. I think um, it's kind of the message that he's sending um, whether intentionally or not. I think he wants to leave and I think he wants to not hurt people as much as possible, but that can be tricky to do. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a wild situation, really. I, I can see exactly why he wants to leave. I mean, absolutely. There, there, like, uh, how many, three years ago now, two, two years ago, they were playing in the champions league final. Yeah. Now they're playing. Yeah. So, or three years ago. Yeah. And then the season after that, they got kicked out in the round of 16 mm-hmm. by Leipzig. And then the year after that, they got bounced out of the Europa league by Dinamo Zagreb after leading two yeah. zero. Uh, yeah. and then they, uh, and now they're looking at the Europa conference league and I, I don't know. I feel like they're going to find a way to bottle this too, <laughs> because yeah. they always do. Yeah. And it, it just, it, it just shows like the club is poorly run. I think he probably realizes that, mm-hmm. that this is not a club that is situated to win trophies, regardless of who they bring in because the organization is so bad. Uh, so I, I think he he's looking at that and he's like, well, why don't I go to a club where I'm guaranteed to win like at least one trophy a year? Because that's yeah. kind of been City's trajectory. Yeah. They they uh they they've won so much, and he's like, mm-hmm. I can I can retire as a legend. He's going yeah. to anyway, but like he mm-hmm. like he he's he he's thinking I can cement my legacy, and that and that's what he he's looking for. He doesn't want to be like a, it, it like a ton of other English strikers before him where they they've been good uh, for country, for their club, but they just haven't won anything really. He doesn't want to be like, like that kind of, that kind of player and good for him. He's showing ambition. And uh, you know, eventually if, if he, if he doesn't leave now, he's going to leave eventually on a free transfer and Tottenham are going to miss out on all that money. Yeah. And then they're going to regret it. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling that, you know, even if he stays for these next few seasons, his heart isn't going to be in it. Yeah. I, I don't think it will be. And, you know, when, when a player's heart isn't in it, it's nothing's going to happen from it. And yeah. you might as well sell them on so they can yep. perform sell somewhere else and you get some cash out of it. Yeah, definitely. And well, what that from one piece of drama to another piece of drama with again, Lionel Messi leaving Barcelona had to talk about this a little bit because yeah. the situation doesn't seem to be his fault or Barcelona's fault, really. Yeah, it's uh, the, it, it's Spanish La Liga regulations saying that his contract would break financial fair play or whatever their financial regulations, mm-hmm. and because of that, all parties were in agreement. It had to be scrapped because of that. And who who do you think is to blame for this? Do you think it's La Liga's fault? Do you think Barcelona shares the blame? What or is it or is it Messi's fault as well? I, I think a lot of this blame has to fall on uh, Barcelona. I feel um, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't know all of what um, the La Liga restrictions and, and stuff like that. Um, and regarding financial fair play, but um, you know, aside from that, um, Barca is so poorly run. They're in such a decline, you know, um, their financial situation is a mess. And um, I think I think that's part of it. Um, am I correct in saying that uh, the the wages that they are paying other players is 
why they can't spend as much on Messi. You you're you're exactly correct. I think the yeah. big the big ones are Griezmann mm-hmm. and uh, Umtiti, uh, who yeah. has been awful since winning yeah. the World Cup. Really, so exactly. I think the 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 contracts that the other players are on are so massive that they can't afford to re-sign Messi, which is just ridiculous. Because I I mean I don't know the exact numbers, but the some of these players, like you mentioned, are just not good. They they <laughs> signed terrible players over the past couple of years and given them huge contracts and now they can't keep messy. And that's the, the lack of foresight um, by the club has to fall on the club. And I don't, I'm, I, I don't know what they're doing letting Messi go like this. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's, I I'm going to say it's not, the current president's fault, uh, Laporta's fault. Sure. I, it's it's Bartomeu's fault mm-hmm. because all of the years of bad organization from him have led to this. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I think like this just is the ultimate price to pay for it, for everything that has gone wrong. And like yeah. Barcelona fans were speaking out about it and saying, hey, you're going to ruin our club if you keep doing this. Yeah. And and then the the board kept doing it anyway. And now it's starting to show. And you know, I, I think like Barcelona are probably about to become the next AC Milan in the sense yeah. that they were once a really great club, but they're going to be dormant for a few years. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make top four next season because Messi yeah. carried them to it. He scored 30 goals for them. And, you know, it, without his goals, who replaces them? Who replaces his goals? And I, I don't I don't depy maybe. Do they still have Coutinho? Coutinho's still there. That that's like, another bit. That's another big issue of why, like, uh, yeah. you know, they couldn't they couldn't uh, they they couldn't keep everyone. Uh, but mm-hmm. like, yeah, I yeah, they they don't. Griezmann has not been it since he joined them. Right. Uh, he, they don't have. I, I Aguero. They have. I mean, he's old though. So yeah. Well, let's talk about Aguero real quick because he's kind of furious with yeah. Barcelona. He. He got out of he got out of a club where he's a legend in Manchester City to go to Barcelona because he's like, oh, my best friend Leo's there. We're going to ha- yeah. we're going to ball out. We're going to have a great a, a great few seasons together. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Messi's just gone. Yeah. And apparently he, he's having his lawyers look into the contract he signed just a month ago yeah. to get out of it so he can escape because yeah. he's, he, he realizes it's a sinking ship. And he's like, man. I miss my best friend. I, I I go through all this trouble just to just to see him leave. So yeah, I mean, I I guarantee that when he was signing paperwork, they had a conversation and said, "I will only sign this if you can guarantee me that Messi is going to play here." I, yeah, I, I'm positive that that conversation happened. Yeah, I, I feel like he. That's why he went there. There's there exactly. no other explanation. Yeah. So for for Messi to now not be continuing with Barca, Aguero's yeah, rightly so furious i mean yeah. that's such a blow yeah i mean like imagine if if like uh if like uh, for example you're you're moving into a, a new apartment uh for the upcoming school year imagine if like you were you moved from from georgia up to minnesota for uh just to like uh like uh, with with a few friends and then when you get there they're like actually we're leaving to to go to uh, a, a a college in wisconsin instead like yeah. you'd be mad and you'd try and yeah, get out of your contract <laughs> like that that yeah. that's that's how it would work so it, exactly. it's i don't know what barcelona were expecting with aguero to after this happened i mean i'm guessing they well i mean barcelona were expecting to re-sign messi but yeah. uh just it just shows that not being able to sign messi is turning really messy 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw the opportunity. I know yeah. it was a terrible pun, but I had to I was to wondering take it. if it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it too. Yeah. So one, one last news story, just to, just to go through it because the Olympics wrapped up, we've been covering the Olympics quite a bit and you know, uh, some history got made in the women's tournament, uh, because Canada, after taking bronze in the last two Olympics, beat Sweden, who have looked like one of the best teams this entire tournament to get the gold medal in a penalty shootout, two to three, a lot of bad penalties in that one. I'm not going to lie. There were some really poor quality penalties taken in that one, but overall a very good game by Canada. They controlled it decently well after, after conceding a goal, got back on level terms and held out. And, you know, they, they probably deserve a gold medal after their performances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, I mean, they played a, a great tournament, you know, they, they, they came and they did what they had to do. They knocked the, the U S out, you know, and, uh, they, they, they beat everybody that was in their path. Um, Sinclair, uh, she, she scored some goals. She's uh, what a fantastic career she has had. I mean, um, truly a legend. Right. So that's, um, congratulations to her. That's, that's gotta be, uh, an amazing feeling. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine it like how it feels to be, uh, on that team or like a, a, Can- a Canadian fan right now, because mm-hmm. they, they don't win major tournaments often. No. Yeah. Uh, so to have this happen, especially after the heartbreak in the, in the gold cup against Mexico with that last minute, uh, yeah. shot, which arguably shouldn't have happened that we've yeah. talked about that already yeah. though. Uh, but you know, th- this is awesome for them. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, Sweden, will take silver. Uh, it's, it's not bad for them, but they, they certainly will feel like they should have gotten gold at this tournament. They, after the U S got knocked out, they should have felt like this was their tournament to win, but mm-hmm. fair play to both of them. They, they both played really well this tournament and you know, I, it, it was a, it was a good final and uh, the bronze final of course happened. AJ already covered that in uh in a U.S. women's national team corner, but mm-hmm. Megan Rapino, I, I just want to give a shout out to her those goals that she scored wow. some of the highest wow. quality goals I've, I've seen in the Olympics, this entire tournament the, in the, any like game in any crazy. game, the, the, the goal straight from the corner kick. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. The volley mm-hmm. just into the top of the net. I, I don't yeah. think you can see better goals no, the, than, than those ones. You just have to, you just have to applaud, you know? Yeah, that's, really. That's it, just the kind of goals they are. Yeah. It, 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 I, I, there are some people that are mad at, at that, but since we since we don't get too much into politics on this, we will, uh, even though I would love to, we're yeah. we're not going to get too far into it. But uh, I, it makes me happy who who she made mad. I'll say that much. Right. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. say that much. Uh, and then uh, on the men's side of the tournament, we had you know AJ and I predicted the same final when we previewed the Olympics: Brazil versus Spain. That's what it ended up being. Yep. And Brazil ended up taking it on after extra time mm-hmm. you know it, it, they probably should have won it in full time richarlison missed a penalty oh richarlison yeah yeah mateus cunha uh, leveled it up off of a danny alves cross right before halftime mm-hmm. but uh spain leveled it up in 60 in 60 minutes uh with uh with uh mikel oyazerbal goal mm-hmm. and in the 108th minute malcolm assisted by ajax's anthony scored mm-hmm. took spain out of it and yeah, Brazil wins. And 
what one one big thing uh because aj and i kind of mocked it a little bit with when danny alves was chosen for the squad because he's 38 yeah <laughs> he was really good this tournament like he, yeah, he was he was a fantastic leader made some chances yeah. got an assist in in the in the final mm-hmm. he just adds to a, an already impressive trophy cabinet so i think it's 43 or 44 i think i think you're right on that like he he's just an incredible player uh and it's awesome for brazil because they have been one of the best teams in this tournament so yeah well deserved for them spain i think they just got played into the ground honestly because of all all of their players have played so much yeah i mean a lot of them were in the euros not too long ago right I mean, not to mention their league seasons that they came off of before the Euros. So. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, poor Pedri, man. That that's all I've got to oh, say. He's he's he deserves like a two month break. Although I'm not sure if Barcelona can afford to leave him <laughs> out for two months after oh, everything no. that's gone down. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, poor. I I just feel bad for him. He he has uh-huh. played more games this past season in all competitions than Neymar has in the last four in league on. Yeah, and like I that, saw that. That's ridiculous. That's just a crazy stat. He's 18. Uh-huh. He's he's two years. He's almost three years younger than me. Yeah. And he is, and he's just being played into the ground. I can barely, I can barely get through 90 minutes of playing a game. <laughs> like I'm sure. So I, I, I don't know how he does it. And yeah, it, it, it's either, yeah, it's either going to be really impressive if he keeps pulling this off, or it might end really poorly. I'm hoping it ends well for him though. Yeah, and, great player. Yeah. Love to see him continue to do well. Yeah. World-class talent. I'd say like yeah. he, I, I think I've, I, I'm not sure if, uh, if, if he, if like it's been announced yet, but I think he should win the golden boy award from FIFA, uh, the, yeah, this, yeah. this season. I mean, I don't know who else you give it to after the season yeah. he's had. So, uh, yeah, but the, that's, uh, oh, and of course in the Olympics, uh, I, I wanted to forget about it because, of course, the U.S. rivals Mexico won a medal in it. Uh, it's a bronze medal. They they won the yeah. bronze medal in the uh, in the Olympics against Japan, the hosts who have looked mm-hmm. impressive. Japan have looked impressive, but Mexico yeah. just really came out and and just took down Japan pretty comprehensively. A three nil win for for Mexico. Really impressive, honestly, to beat Japan on home soil, and you know take home something from the summer after yeah. all after all after the nation's league and gold cup didn't go their way they yeah. they at least take home some silverware yeah i i guess yeah i, I i'm <laughs> they'll, they'll take it as a consolation every yeah, every other sure. con, every other concacaf country major one has won something you know yeah. the u.s with the gold cup and nation's league canada with the women's gold medal yeah. and so i guess mexico can take the bronze in the men's u23 tournament yeah, I mean, I don't have an Olympic medal, so like, yeah, true, true. I guess <laughs> that is true. So that that's the Olympics review. The Olympics were fantastic, really, to watch. Some really yeah. good stuff. Awesome players, really, that have been revelations that uh, otherwise have kind of been passed over. So mm-hmm. really cool to see all of that. But yep. with that, why don't we move? Uh, I'm I'm going to insert in here uh, the lower league lowdown i'm going to record that later after the npsl final happens so you'll be hearing from future jack right about now hello everyone this is future jack coming in with a lower league lowdown for you first of all let's talk about the npsl final we've been hyping this up all the time and it lived up to expectations it was 
an incredible performance by Denton Diablos, who happened to win the NPSL championship. So congratulations to the Texas team for doing that, beating Tulsa Athletic 5-2 to two in this game. 5-2. to two. I No, you did not mishear me. 5-2 to two on that. It was a fa- an absolute fantastic performance by Denton Diablos. They really just destroyed Tulsa. They they were up three to two at halftime. And that were that that was already pretty good. They were they seemed keen to hold it out until the 76th minute where they went up four to two. And then Trevor Amon, who uh, scored in the 83rd minute, claimed a hat trick and they almost had a sixth in the game as well. They they were absolutely on fire in this. And, you know, I I, I I've got to say Tulsa. They did well to play in the, in this game. They were not bad by any means in the first half, but in the second half, it just seems their defense fell asleep a little bit, and that really cost them this game. And you know, fair play to Denton. They they it's only their second year in NPSL, and they're already at the championship level. That's absolutely fantastic. Congratulations to them. Like I said. Uh, if if you're keeping track from the last few episodes, that means I was very wrong with my prediction saying a 1-0 win for Tulsa Athletic. It couldn't have been farther from the truth. AJ was a little closer, saying a 3-3 thriller with Denton winning on penalties. It was a thriller, but there were eight goals scored, not six, and or seven goals scored and not six. My bad. So not quite right, but he got the winner right. And of course, if you remember last deep dive episode, we had a head coach from Minneapolis City, Matt Van Benskoten, come on and he predicted a Denton Diablos win as well. So fair play to both of them. I I, I took an L on that one today, Uh, but you know, it, it was a fantastic game, so I can't really be that mad about it. Also in lower league news, moving on over to some of my favorite leagues to cover, the EFL Leagues, Championship, League 1, League 2. Let's first talk about EFL League 2 and go to a team that I've talked quite a lot about, which is Newport County. Newport County are a pretty small team. I'm not going to lie. They're, they're, uh, they're, their stadium only has about space for 11,000 or so, and they're in, they're in Wales. They're not the most glamorous team in Wales, but they're, they're a solid team nonetheless. It looked headed for a 0-0 draw in their opening game against Oldham Athletic. However, just 15 minutes after being subbed on in the 88th minute, a last-minute goal from 42-year-old winner Kevin Ellison, an absolute fantastic player, a legend in the EFL lower leagues, especially with Morecambe, where he played for nine years. Last se- uh, two seasons ago, he was kind of tossed to the side by Morecambe's boss and told that he was he wasn't he he wasn't didn't have any more utility for the club. He proved him wrong. He went to Newport County. He scored against them, and he he came up huge in the playoff semifinal against Forest Green Rovers, scoring just minutes after coming on, and he did it again. He He's the ultimate super sub. He may not be the fastest on the field, but he gives 110%, and he's rewarded with Newport County's first goal of the EFL League 2 season. Absolutely fantastic from the veteran player, 42 years old, still banging in the goals. Absolutely fantastic. I love to see it. Also, in the EFL lower leagues, we saw a few U.S. players not play necessarily, but, you know, get some time out there. We saw Ethan Horvath on the bench for Nottingham Forest. He, of course, signed there. He technically has the number one shirt, although we'll see how we'll see how much he if he 
comes into that number one shirt soon because Bryce Samba, the starting goalkeeper, didn't have the best game, made it two made some made some saves, but gave up two late goals that saw Nottingham Forest give up the lead. That was not a good performance by them. But you know what? It was it was uh, it was a good enough performance and good news potentially for Ethan Horvath. And then, of course, let's go over to Americans, some of America's favorite teams, which is Fulham FC, who have two U.S. players on it. Anthony Robinson and Tim Ream didn't take a uh, make a clean sheet this time around, but were both pretty stellar in the Fulham defense in their opener against Middlesbrough. Not a bad performance at all. And, you know, it, it was it was really it, Paulo Gazaniga really should have done better with that. He made zero saves during the match and only conceded the one goal. But overall, that is your lower league lowdown. Some interesting stuff happening in the EFL lower leagues, older players scoring in goals for their clubs. And of course, the NPSL final. So with that, I'm going to take you back to the pre-recorded stuff. That wasn't recorded on Sunday and give it back to myself and Reed. And we're back after the lower league lowdown talking about NPSL, some EFL stuff as well. But let's move on to going through last week's predictions. And uh, we're, uh, it, it, was a pre- it was a pretty interesting week. Some, a lot of Olympic game, uh, games being predicted and the Community Shield. So, Reed, do you want to kick it off first with U.S. Women's National Team versus Canada? Yeah, I'd love to. So, this game uh, happened on August the 2nd, looks like. Yep. So, uh, it was a disappointing end for the U.S. Women's National Team. Uh, I guess not an end per se. I, they did right. play uh, the bronze medal match, but you know, disappointing to not get, get into that final game. Um, but man, Canada, that's so ecstatic for them. Um, huge moment. Uh, the U S uh, didn't play their best game. They were, uh, they got into some trouble uh, only about 30 minutes in uh, the starting goalkeeper, uh, Alyssa Nair. Uh, she got an injury, which uh, took her out of the game. Uh, looked like she hyperextended her knee, perhaps, which uh, was just hugely upsetting. You know, never like to see that. Um, so they the the they had a, another goalkeeper come in. The backup uh, is it Adi Franch? Eighty French. Eighty French. Okay. Yeah. Eighty French. Um, so she came in. Um, she couldn't pull off the same heroics that Nair did against the Netherlands. Uh, and Canada was awarded a somewhat controversial penalty, yeah. <laughs> but that's all right. Uh, in the seven, 75th minute, uh, Jesse Fleming converted the penalty uh, and the U S attacked uh, the Canadian goal all night. Uh, and they just couldn't, they just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Couldn't break them down. And Canada grinded out a one zero result. Yeah. That was their one shot on target as well uh, during that during that match, but yeah, they excellent. they took advantage of it. Uh, but neither AJ or I predicted it. Uh, we both felt we we both felt the the patriotism coursing through our veins in that one, and uh, unfortunately, it didn't pay off this time around. Uh, but I'll I'll say uh, so. We both get zero points from that. I should explain scoring system. You get ten points for getting the result correct. 20 points for getting the exact scoreline correct and zero points for getting none of it right. But since it came in the, uh, this week, you get five points for getting the result correct. 
in a penalty shootout. So uh, that was a newer rule we added in. But since we started predicting so many games that ended up going to penalties, we felt like it's kind of a necessity. So I'll, I'll take the next one because unfortunately in Australia versus Sweden, there was no Sam Kerr brace and Sam Kerr own goal. Like I, like I was hoping to predict yeah. <laughs> that to give me the auto win for this week. And there wasn't even a Sam Kerr goal at all. Much to my disappointment, Australia had a controversial goal ruled out on 42 minutes and were delivered a crushing blow from Sweden's Fridolina Rolfo mere seconds into the second half when she scored like literally 20 seconds in uh, that, that was, that was awful defending from Australia, but the match ended on an even more sour note for the Matildas as Ellie Carpenter received a straight red card for dragging down Lena Hertig as the last defender in the final seconds of the match. She could have let her go through. It would have been over anyway. And she, and Australia might not have lost the bronze final because they would have had a, had their first choice center back in, but that's what happened. AJ Guess this right. He said zero to two for uh, for Sweden. He gets 10 points for that. I said two to one for Australia and predicted two Sam Kerr goals and a Sam Kerr own goal for a hat trick. Ooh. But I get zero points for that and no Sam Kerr goals at all. So why don't, why don't you take us over to the men's Olympic Games, Reed, and talk about Mexico versus Brazil. Yeah, uh, Mexico U23s versus Brazil U23s. Um, it was a somewhat boring uh, 120 minutes of football, but uh, uh, after that, uh, absolute destruction on penalty kicks by Brazil. Uh, it was a rematch of the 2012 gold final. Uh, this match was not living up to the expectations until the PKs began. Old man Danny Alves got Brazil off to a good start. Uh, he converted his uh, spot kick as Aguirre? Is that I, th- I think so. I'm not quite sure. Aguirre? Well, uh, Maybe. That well, sounds better. Penalty. That sounds good. That All sounds right. good. <laughs> his penalty was saved by Brazil. And future Arsenal legend Gabriel Martinelli converted his for 2-0. A thumping penalty, I have to say. And Mexico's Jonathan Vazquez hit the post. And Bruno Gumarez... Yep. Guimaraes Guimaraes or something like that. I, I, I yeah, can't, I, I can't pronounce it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he converted his penalty for three Oh Mexico finally got on the board with a Carlos Rodriguez penalty. Uh, but Brazil's Rainer won it with Brazil's fourth kick, ensuring a four, one penalty kick win over Mexico. Yeah. And AJ guessed two to one for Mexico on this one. He thought they'd make it to the gold final. He gets zero points for believing in El Tree. That's what happens when you believe in them. And I said Brazil would win. I thought it would be a much more exciting 3-1 win for Brazil. It was not that, but I'll take the five points for the penalty kick win, especially since like Brazil just destroyed them on penalties. Like really just bad penalties from Mexico. Really really not good from Mexico. Yeah. And Martinelli's penalty, pretty good. It, It was a good one. Coming into the season hot. Yeah, he should he should be on penalty duty uh, th- this season. I'm, Maybe I'm all for it. Although Lacazette <laughs> has never missed a penalty for us. That is true. That is true. That's that recently. He's he's yeah. All right. Good. Well. He, maybe maybe uh, maybe they'll have to have a penalty shootout competition to see who yeah. who uh, who uh, who picks it up for this yeah, season. A little training. Yeah. Competition. <laughs> but I'll pick it up for the next one. Japan versus Spain. You know, this this match threatened to be just as boring for 120 minutes as Mexico versus Brazil, but the excitement was saved up for extra time 
And boy, did it show a star-studded Spain side took down an impressive Japan for a 1-0 win. Spain thought they had a penalty in the second half, but VAR, I, I rarely get to say this, but they correctly intervened and overturned the decision. But in the 115th minute, an absolute beauty of a goal from Real Madrid's Marco Asensio. Sent, he, he cut inside his defender and sent a curling effort into the corner of the Japanese net, perfectly placed. Well taken. It, it, was, it was fantastic. An absolute beauty. And Given Spain's stack side, a deserved win to go to the gold medal match. AJ believed in Japan for this one, the host advantage. Three to two, he guessed. He gets zero points for that. And I thought this would be a conservative 1-0 win for Spain. And for that guess, I'm rewarded with 20 points for that one. Well, so that pretty pretty good for me. And finally, we get on to the final match that we predicted, which is the Community Shield. You know, Leicester have won their second Community Shield, denying the champions of England from picking up a trophy. It was a cagey first half, and U.S. men's national team keeper Zach Steffen made some fantastic saves to keep it 0-0. There was one where he was diving the opposite direction. He put his hand back just to get a fingertip on it. Really good save. Both sides had opportunities to score, but just couldn't quite take them. However, a defensive lapse from City's Nathan Ake saw Pats and Daka, a new signing for Leicester, brought down in the box, and Kalichi Iannaccio converted the spot kick in the 88th minutes. It was a really well-taken penalty. Zach Steffen was unlucky. He got a little bit of a fingertip on it, but just couldn't quite keep it out. City fans were not happy with the performance, but they will be happy because Jack Grealish made his debut, as well as getting a look at some really promising academy products coming up through the ranks. So it wasn't all bad for City, but Leicester are definitely in dreamland, starting off with a really impressive win, really, over City. Sure, it wasn't a full-strength City side, but they'll take it any day of the week. AJ guessed a 1-0 scoreline, but for City winning, so he gets zero points on this one. I guessed a 2-1 Leicester win, so I'll take 10 points for this one. Overall, AJ had another really bad week. He's been having a really bad strain of of weeks. I think this might be the second or third in a row where he scored 10 points. (laughs) And I I scored 35 points, so I'm improving uh, along the way. Yeah, so let's get into the predictions, starting off with Chelsea versus Villarreal in the UEFA Super Cup. And I'll start with this one because Chelsea... A lot of this depends on player fitness. If Chelsea's main guys are ready to go, you know, Mount Havertz, who is pretty good in preseason, Werner, Pulisic, if Chilwell's back, James, as Piliqueta, then Chelsea easily take this. Villarreal play a very high block and they sit back and defend. And Chelsea do well when other sides invite pressure onto them. And I feel good about it overall. And also, I want revenge for Wesley Fofana. I'm going two to zero for Chelsea. I, I'm, we have never won the UEFA Super Cup, as, as far as I know. We didn't win it either time we won the Europa League or the Champions League. So I'm hoping we can finally take home a piece of silver where we have been missing. So that's what I'm going for. What, what do you think? Are you, are you cheering for, uh, for Chelsea or are you going for the yellow submarine? Uh, well, uh, as I don't I I don't want to root for Chelsea. <laughs> However, I think that they will win. All right. <laughs> I think they're a better team and Villarreal has had a very disappointing uh preseason. I don't th- I think they've had like 5 matches and haven't won any of them. Right, you are correct on that. Um, 
really bad. Um, so uh, I think a lot of uh, what you said was a spot on, you know, if, if Chelsea have their, their star players, which I suspect they will, um, then they should handle uh, Villarreal pretty well. Uh, I, I do think Villarreal has the, has the ability to hurt Chelsea though. Um, so I'm going to go with a 2-1 Chelsea victory. But I, I don't really see any way that VRL can win this game. I, I, I hope I hope you're right on that. I, that is, is all I'll say. I'm, ho- I'm hoping they don't win. Uh, but let's move on to the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, the only American club still left in the competition. And they're facing off against probably the toughest opposition you could possibly face off against in Club America versus Philadelphia Union. Club America haven't lost since April 14th, which looks fantastic on paper. However, they have just started a new season, so they're not quite in their groove yet. Mm-hmm. But the Philadelphia Union, fully in midseason, are not looking all that great. Uh, they have only won twice in their last eight games. Philadelphia seem really tired. Club America are very good, and they've had a really good start to the season. I, I don't want all the MLS teams to go out of the CONCACAF Champions League. I want, I want one to make it through, but I think it's going to be a 2-1 Club America win. They're also at home. So I, I'm, just, I'm just feeling like that's what's on the cards, a 2-1 Club America win. Yeah, I can tell you that I am not the biggest Philadelphia Union fan <laughs> after they knocked us out of the CONCACAF. All right, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not a fun game at all. <laughs> but... Um, and, and I think, uh, again, you, you mentioned some really important things, you know, you know Philadelphia Union has not been great, um, in, in the league, uh, and club America is, you said, just starting their league. Um, and I think that's going to really help them. I think, I think they, they will be able to come out and, uh, with, you know, some fresh, fresh legs, you know, fresh season, fresh energy, and be able to really run circles around Philadelphia Union. Um, I am, I'm expecting a, Two zero win for Club America over Philadelphia Union. I I just don't know if Philadelphia Union have anything to hurt Club America, um, and and like you said, they they're they're going to be tired. They look tired, and I think that uh, Club America will will be able to break them down. Yeah, I, I think I think I think that's a really fair scoreline. I, I I can see that happening. The only thing I, that makes me say one is. Casper Chisbilko is a very good player. And I think he is the one, he is the player who could hurt them. I think sure. potentially, yeah. but you know what? I'll, I'll let you take the, the lead on this next one because yeah. Arsenal get to kick off the premier league season at, yes. uh, at Brentford. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for the premier league season to start up again. Um, and, and for, for it to be Arsenal to kick us off, that's, Ooh, very, very <laughs> exciting stuff. And, and Brentford, uh, I think worth mentioning what a team they are, you know, uh, what they've been able to do over the past couple of seasons, um, coming from the championship, getting into, uh, two, uh, promotion finals and, and getting the promotion this, um, past season into the premier league. I'm, I'm really excited to watch them in the premier league this season and see what they can achieve. Um, having said that, uh, we're going to beat them three zero. All right. It's going to be fun. Uh, but <laughs> I, I actually um, wouldn't be surprised if they did get one past this. Uh, Ivan Tooney, what a player he, he was um, last season. Um, and, and, and our defense, I know we signed Ben White for a pretty, pretty large fee, but Ben White is not the whole defense. So, um, you know, we have Gabrielle who's still, who's still injured. I think he, 
he's not going to be back for a couple more weeks. Um, so it's going to be, you know, Ben White and probably a Rob Holding, which doesn't exactly strike, um, <laughs> strike courage into the hearts of many fans, but that's, that's all right. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going for a hopeful 3-1 Arsenal victory. Um, we'll see what happens. I'm just excited. I'm just excited yeah. to get the season kicked off again. You know what? I, I can't fault you for backing your team. I do it all the time, even when the odds are, are against. But yeah. honestly, Arsenal have a good chance of winning this one. I, I think it's interesting because it's a London Derby, technically, not yeah. like a classic one. Right. But it, it does start off with a London Derby. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I the, These two teams have had very different preseasons. Brentford just beat Valencia and drew against Manchester United, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Arsenal haven't had the most inspired preseason, to, but yeah. Then again, it is preseason. That's not everything. We also have had Saka. So right, you're 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 correct. He he has provided a lot and the whole team. The the thing is, in watching Arsenal in the preseason game against Chelsea, I just saw too much classic Arsenal error. You know, like Fair. that uh, Bellerin especially. If Bellerin starts, I think it might be it. it it's going to be tough because. He, yeah. he made, he made a pretty bad error. Uh, he, yeah. he assisted Tammy Abraham for a goal. He yeah. was just practicing for when Tammy Abraham <laughs> signs for Arsenal. All right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But um, you know, I, I, I'm not as hopeful as you and maybe I'm unbiased sure. in this one. <laughs> I'm going for a one, one draw. I, I don't think Brentford will win. I, I really don't think they have like the ability to win, but I think they can hurt Arsenal. And yeah. I, I think, I think a one, one draw is very possible. Yeah. But you know what? I, I I like the optimism because going on to the next game that we're covering, Minnesota United versus the LA Galaxy. Yeah, I'm going to be optimistic about this one, and I want it. I want it to be a good game because you, AJ, and I we're all going to be heading to this game thanks to my aunt who gave me some tickets for my upcoming 21st birthday, which makes this game all the more exciting to predict since we'll actually be there. Yes. So Minnesota have only lost once in 12 games. But the Galaxy have, and the Galaxy, a little bit inconsistent as of late. Yeah. Both sides have injured key players. Minnesota missing Fragapane and LA Galaxy missing Chicharito. But both have done relatively well, sitting in sixth and third in the Western Conference. To make matters worse, Minnesota have never beaten the LA Galaxy, ever. They've drawn against them twice, lost five times. But... You, all, you you know I back my teams no matter what. <laughs> and with the home crowd behind them, I'm going for a 3-1 Minnesota win. I, I, I'm really hoping for something big to happen. I I want that's what I want. That that that's about it. There's no other rationale other than hope. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair play. Nah, I, I understand. Um I I I will also be going with a Minnesota win. All right, let's go. For the culture. Uh, I hope it's gonna be a really good game. And um, I, I think Minnesota, uh, th- you said that they haven't lost in 12. Well, they've lost only once in 12 they've games. Lo- yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, they've lost once in 12 games, which is a, a great run. Um, credit to um, the coach. I, like they've, they've put together a really strong run uh, during which they beat Seattle for the first time in their history. Right. Correct? Yep. Yeah, and Seattle, who was previously undefeated in the season, um, I just I think Minnesota's got a really good thing going for them. And and they they seem to be able to consistently come up with goals when they need them um, late late in games. You know, they're, they uh, I think Robin Laud has has been a, a big part of that. Yep. He's, he's got a couple of late goals recently. Um, so I, I, I'm backing Minnesota to to get a, definitely get a result in this game. 
And right. uh, I, I think that they can, I think they can get a two Oh win. I think they can do that. And, and I'm hoping they, they get the points. I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping so as well. I, I'll take a clean sheet as well. If, <laughs> if, if that happens, but I, yeah. uh, Ultimately, without Boxel, I'm not that convinced with the, about a clean fair, sheet. Fair. But, uh, you know, I, I'm glad we're on the same page on that one. We'll see if AJ is on the same page for that one with his prediction. Uh, but finally, we are going to a place where we haven't gone all that often, which is Germany to the Bundesliga for Dortmund versus Frankfurt, which is, uh, I think, one of the opening games of the Bundesliga. I don't think it is the opening game, but it is going to be a pretty good game a little Bundesliga action to cap everything off these two teams were competing for top four last season uh, and Frankfurt held the spot for most of the season but they had a very bad collapse at the at the end of the season in their last six games they only picked up seven out of 18 points including dropping points at home against Mainz, which is, if you know anything about the Bundesliga, that's not good. Uh, So, and Dortmund at the end of the season took 18 from 18 at the end of last season. So very strong. strong. And, uh, you know, I I think that's really good. Yes, Dortmund lost Sancho, but they've looked pretty good in preseason with a 3-0 win with featuring a Holland hat trick as well. Mm -hmm. And Reyna is playing really well. Marco Royce is back playing awesome. and yeah, I, I ultimately I'm going for two zero Dortmund win here. I think Holland Holland's just looking like a beast as always. I think he can do it, and I think he can power them through against uh, Frankfurt. Yeah, um, all, all good points. Uh, I I actually think um, I think Frankfurt um, they're going to come back uh, come into the season um, not with a vengeance per se, but just more like, Hey, like we bottled it last season. We, we got to come in and be stronger this season. You know, they're going to want to make that up. Right. And I think they're going to be pretty willing to do that. Um, So I think they're going to, they're going to come into the season um, very strong. And, um, and Dortmund is of course a very strong team. I think, I think they might be relatively evenly matched. Uh, I think it could be, could be a good game. I'm going for a two, two draw. Ooh, okay. I'm hoping for some, uh, some, some fireworks, you know, some exciting, I think, uh, Holland and, uh, is, is an absolute animal. You know, <laughs> I think he's, he's got to contribute to those, to those dormant goals. Um, and I think Frankfurt are just really going to want to, to, uh, get a result. I think they're going to want to grind that out. Um, so I, I'm, I'm hoping for maybe some late goals, you know, maybe some controversy uh, and, and ultimately a two, two draw to start off the, the these clubs campaigns. Yeah. I honestly, if it's a two, two draw, I don't have, I, I, I don't care. I like, I don't have a favorite team in the Bundesliga. Yeah. So if, if it ends up being a two, two draw, I, I would be, I would be ecstatic with that result because it would be fun to watch. Yeah. But Anyway, how are you feeling about your predictions this week? Are you feel are you feeling like uh, pretty confident? Feeling like you took too many risks? Oh yeah, no, I always feel a hundred percent about my. Predictions. All right, all right. Hey, I, I I'm glad you can say that. I'm not so <laughs> sure about some of mine. Uh, so I, you know, I we'll see how the results go uh, at at the end of next episode. But that's it for our news and predictions episode. Uh, as always, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for uh, all, all soccer news, reaction to soccer news, 
hopefully reactions to Chelsea winning the Super Cup. Hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, and all, all of that, all of that sort of stuff. And again, thank you to Reed for joining us here with AJ's absence. Uh, it's always fun to have you on. You're, you're awesome to talk to and uh, you really know your stuff about the game. So thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, it's a fun time. We'll, we'll make sure to have you on when Arsenal inevitably collapsed during the, <laughs> during the middle of the season. Wait, I got, I got lots of notes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, AJ is not here, but if he was, I think he'd uh, make sure to tell you to give us a rating on any podcast platforms, Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, what have you. And as always, as he likes to say, tell your dad about the podcast, yep. tell a friend, tell your mom, tell anyone about it. Uh, the best way to get uh, to get this podcast straight to the top is by word of mouth. So anyone you can tell, you know what, we're, we're a sign on the street. Tell people to listen to it. Put a QR code on there. I don't Ring care. Yeah, exactly. Do do something. Regardless, thanks for thanks for listening in. We'll see you same time, same place next week for our news and predictions episode. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>